thought I was bound to a small career. And I realized through time that it doesn't really matter what you do at what point of time. It just matters that you somehow get back on track to what you love. And this is what I did. And, and miraculously, I came back to where I wanted to be. And I didn't really expect that. So I had the impression that once you have children, everything changes completely and your life goes in one direction. But it's not a one-way street. It really works mm. if you just try out things and, and try to go back to where you want to be. Yeah. Mm. Welcome to the Big Career Small Children podcast. My name is Verena Hefti. I am the CEO and founder of the Social Enterprise Leaders Plus. This podcast and our award-winning fellowship program is for parents who want to progress ambitious careers they love whilst being present with the children they love. I believe that no one should have to choose between becoming a CEO or any other just amazing role and enjoying their young children. And in fact, too many brilliant people get stuck on the career ladder when they have children and we need to change this by making our world a place where anyone can get to senior leadership and that's the only way that we can ensure that our boardrooms and our organizations aren't led by a bunch of elderly white males nothing against them many of them are wonderful but i want many of you the podcast listeners i want you to get to those decision making spaces if you're not already so with this podcast i aim to give you inspiration fresh ideas and practical support I ask senior leaders and thought leaders what they have learned about combining ambitious careers and young children, and you can use this to progress your career in a way that works for you whilst enjoying your young children. Beyond the podcast, if you want support from brilliant like-minded peers and a world-class leadership and career development program for parents, then head to our website on leadersplus.org.uk forward slash newsletter. If you sign up, you get information about our program, new ideas to try, new ideas to think about, access to our events and of course information about what else you can do to get involved. Today's podcast guest is Christina Wenzin. She's a senior doctor, a coach and I would call her a gender equality change maker in Switzerland. We talk about how to progress your career even if people tell you not to, what it's like to come back after a career break and how to deal with social expectations and actually progress your career despite what other people tell you to do. Enjoy the conversation. A very warm welcome, Christina, to the podcast. I'm so delighted to have you here after having had you on the panel for our fellowship program. And why don't we start with you introducing yourself, what you do for work and who is in your family and perhaps one thing that you have changed your mind on over the years about combining a really ambitious career with young children. Well, thank you so much, Verena. I'm also very thrilled to be back here and I'm very happy to talk a little bit about the issues that we all face in everyday life as a parent. My name is Christina and I live in Switzerland. I'm a trained physician and I'm specialized in internal medicine and nephrology. And over the course of time, I've also developed some skills in coaching. So I have a couple of different work that I do. I work 40% at a clinic at the Spital der Ruhe, 
So some of you might know the famous city of Davos. <laughs> this is where I work at the hospital, but only 40%. I am really happy that I'm able to lead a tiny little apartment in only 40%. And I'm also very happy to be able to work not only as a physician, but also as a lecturer for a very small company, which is called College M, where we do coachings, for example, and also lectures about leadership and also at the University of Bern. And I just love combining those different things. So my family is my husband and we have two children together. Our daughter, she is will be turning 13 this year and we have a son who is 10. This is my family and my work time is by now full time again. <laughs> but I've been back and forth between working zero, 40%, 20%, 60%, 80% and full time. So I've basically seen it all. Mm. Fantastic. And can you just share with me, we've had, you know, really long conversations before about things that you're thinking evolved with. Is there anything that stuck in your mind, something that you've really changed your mind on yeah. over the years well, regarding combining that quite ambitious career that you have with, with young children? In absolutely. Health? In the very beginning, I thought that things would totally change once we had children that I would have to cut down and I would never be able to get back to university. So this was basically, I was... I thought I was bound to a small career and I realized through time that it doesn't really matter what you do at what point of time. It just matters that you somehow get back on track to what you love. And this is what I did. And, and miraculously, I came back to where I wanted to be. And I didn't really expect that. So I had the impression that once you have children, everything changes completely and your life goes in one direction. But it's not a one-way street. It really works mm. if you just try out things and, and try to go back to where you want to be. Yeah. Mm. That's very inspiring. Thank you for sharing. And you decided at some point to stop work completely, if I remember right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, can you take us through what happened and what went through your head at the time? Because that must have yeah. been a really big decision. Absolutely, that was a really big decision. I mean, first of all, I I stopped working at the very beginning because in Switzerland we don't really have this long period of parental leave, so I would have had to go back after a couple of weeks. And at that time, I decided, no, I really want to know how things work and how everything will go with my daughter being at the daycare. So in the beginning, I, I really, I didn't have a job when I had this baby and I wasn't so worried at that time because I was rather young. I was 33 years old. I knew that I had a very good training. So I thought at that time it wouldn't be so tough. But then later on, I also stopped working once again when our daughter became very sick. She has celiac disease. And uh, she was so sick that nobody really found out what would be working for her because she didn't respond to the gluten-free diet. So we went back and forth to University Hospital and different specialists. And at that time, I really thought this is the most important to me and this is what I want to do and this is where I want to be. And I stopped working. And at that time, I really thought that my life would be changing completely, that I wouldn't be really going back to having a career at all because I was of course so worried and my thoughts were only there and after a while I realized when things were slowly getting better and we found out what the problem was then I realized that getting back to work in a small pensum was maybe the best thing to do for me and as that was 
going so well. I started working more and more. So it really, it was a moment where I thought my career would be over, but I wasn't so much afraid about it because I was more worried about our daughter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can really empathize with that. Um, mm-hmm. as, as you know, I mentioned my little one is quite ill as well. Luckily, not as ill like you described, but He's been in and out of hospital a few times and, and it just completely, yeah, you suddenly, like, there's one priority. thing only on your mind, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it changes <laughs> priorities. Definitely. <laughs> and that's okay. I think that's also a big learning that I had that it's okay if you change your priorities during your career. Mm. And that's also something I, I try to encourage in younger parents that I work with. It's okay to have different priorities at different points in time. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing is that you still became a lecturer you're still leading a department. Yes. So I think there's definitely an interesting story. But talk us through. So you, at different points, decided to go back full-time and part-time. Can Mm. you tell us about the decision to go full-time again? How did you feel about it at the time? Can you remember what was the trigger moment where you said, no, now I'm going to go full-time? Well, actually, that was very funny because I didn't decide that. (laughs) It It just happened. No, I, I knew that I was working for the present for the clinic. And then I had the opportunity to work for this company as a lecturer. And I started a lower pensum and it was so interesting. And as I realized that I wanted to do more about that, I talked to my husband and we really, we spoke about it. How are we going to organize ourselves? What would be possible that it was also around the lockdown. So that was at the time where Things were going online anyway, so I could do a lot from home, which was really good. And now our children are growing older and we didn't have a nanny anymore at that time because our nanny during the lockdown also turned out to be grandmother. And so she was taking care of those children and we let her free of her job with us. So our children became more and more self-reliant and they decided, they themselves decided, mommy, I think we don't need a nanny anymore. (laughs) (laughs) we can do these things ourselves. So that made me more and more confident that I could leave them alone and they would even maybe enjoy doing things by themselves. It kind of gave them, I allowed them to be more empowered and more self-assured, which I realized was not only good for them, but also good for me because it allowed me to work at a higher pensum. And so slowly by and by, I started working more and more and we kind of grew into it so it wasn't really just one tough decision to take which I probably to be really honest I wouldn't have taken I would have said no it's it's a max of 20 or 30 or 40 percent that I can do but it really works well this way because the entire family was able to grow into it Mm. it's really interesting so I was under the impression before I spoke to you that you would have, a, you come across as very organized and, you know, I would have thought you would be someone who has a plan, who has clear rationale and probably a list of pros and cons. And actually, it's really interesting to hear that that were growing, that you've grown into it and you yeah. just let it happen. And that actually it turned out okay by just letting life grow. Exactly. And it's a really interesting point you're making because I am really the type that is very organized. I used to be known to be over perfectionist and concerned with everybody being okay. And this is something on the way that I learned to let more and more go. I learned to kind of go with the flow a little bit 
as much as I'm in myself, of course, I'm still the same person. I'm still Christina. I haven't totally completely changed, but I realize that things don't have to be perfect. And it doesn't have to be the perfect meal that the kids have. They are happy with a toast or whatever they do. And things don't have to be perfect for everybody to be happy with it. And the funny thing is I realized, or this is something I might have learned from my children over the course of time, that empowering them and making them grow in their confidence also made them realize how much I love my work. And I think in a way I like it because I can be a role model for our daughter, especially for the son as well, but for our daughter especially, and also I've learned from them that they feel joy when they know that I come home from work and I'm fulfilled. So they really support me and they ask me, so mommy, what happened at work today? And let us know what were the things that you liked that you didn't like. And this is really lovely. It makes me feel even more happy in my career. Mm, That is so sweet. Do you know why you think? I mean, that sounds like I would love for my children to do that. My children, obviously, are much younger. (laughs) They're older than six. But they think my work involves mainly sitting in front of a computer or going to events where there are biscuits because I tend to bring them a biscuit back. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think created that pride and that interest in your children? Do you know or you don't really know? Well, I think in a way they realize that I am really, I come home really happy and fulfilled when I'm at work. And if I spend a couple of days only being at home, I tell them, oh, I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of not into cooking right now. And I'm I'm not looking forward to all these jobs. So on one hand, they see that I kind of need this also. And on the other hand, I think because I told them, with so much joy about what I'm doing, they realize that this is something that might be really interesting, maybe even interesting for them later. I mean, not the exact same career, but maybe there is something outside there that kind of makes sense that you go to school and to whatever university or or college or whatever you do. And I think they realize that there are things out there that are also lovely for parents to do. And, And it's not only playing outside or meeting their friends. And I explained it also to them in a way like this. So I told them, you know, for me, it's like when you meet a friend and you brainstorm about what kind of little hut you want to build in the woods. And for me, it's brainstorming and talking to my colleagues. That makes me feel so happy. And they kind of understood that analogy. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> We're both Swiss. So we really, I think Swiss children do talk, play, play in the woods. So yes, uh, <laughs> I can't wait for my children to do that again when we are back in Switzerland for the summer. Lovely. <laughs> and you did what we here in the UK call share parental leave with your husband before it was a thing. Well, sadly, in Switzerland, we both know Switzerland has a really bad Probably to say, I think I can't keep track how bad it is. I think it's about three months paid maternity leave. And at the moment, I think they just voted, to have, well, we just voted, I'm Swiss as well, to have two weeks paternity leave. And that was a big, massive achievement. So right. there's no share parental leave. But you did that 10 or 13 years ago with your husband before it was yes. a thing. How did you feel about it at the time? Well, actually, I was absolutely confident that men and women take care of babies or children just as well and they will do the same job but maybe differently so I talked to my husband about it and he acknowledged that he might be doing things different than I would be doing 
But I was totally confident that it would be fine and that it might be interesting for our daughter to get to know different styles and different ways of doing things. So we even thought this, this might be interesting. And I felt very, very good about it because I was totally confident that my husband would be taking care of her in the exact same or in a, in a lovely manner that would be just as caring. And at work, I felt fine as well because I loved my work and yeah I was working 100% on an emergency department at that time so I didn't really even have the time to get to thoughts oh how's everything working at home and I didn't call home and <laughs> wanted to see how things are going so that was really really nice for us the funny thing was I wasn't perceived as a mom where I was working so a lot of them didn't even know that I had a daughter <laughs> I wasn't asked by some of them, so many didn't know. And my husband had these rather interesting experiences where he went to, I don't know, a playground or something with our daughter. And he had more problems or not problems, but he had these weird experiences where people were asking him, but where's your mommy? <laughs> so they were asking our one and a half year old daughter, where's your mommy? Which my husband was rather, he felt rather offended because he thought, why is there a need for a mommy when daddy is around? <laughs> and I thought he was absolutely right. So this was something that we realized that was maybe a little bit different than we expected it to be. Mm -hmm. And my assumption is, and, and this may have been maybe wrong and it might just show my stereotypes about my home country, but my assumption is that people would make some judgments about the type of basically whether you're a good enough mother and also whether your father is an actual is a man, is manly. Right. Did you right. face any of that? Actually at that time we were living in Bern, so we weren't really far away where things like that, I know exactly what you're talking about, really happen. <laughs> so luckily at that time we were living in Bern and Bern is a rather modern thinking city and there were first dads taking care of their children, but he was definitely one of the first at that time. But later on when our son was there and I felt a lot more confronted with those assumptions from other people because we were living far away from any big city in a really, really tiny town, uh, 3,000 people. It's called a town, but actually it's a tiny <laughs> village. And people are more or were more uh, tentative to think of a mom as being at home around the children cooking. And in Switzerland, as you know, we don't have the idea that people or the kids stay for meals. They don't stay at school for the meals. They come home. Everybody was actually kind of expecting you as a mom to be home all the time. And, and I really, I felt stressed about that because I realized that the idea of my role as a mom and also my partner's idea of his role as a dad and also about me, my role as being a mom was totally, completely different than the idea of my role as a mom that was kind of superimposed on me by the people living there. So I, I felt uncomfortable with that. And I had trouble in the beginning kind of being confident about it anyway. So there are still times, we still live there in this tiny village. <laughs> there are still times when I think or I believe that other people probably think I'm a bad mom. <laughs> but I get along with it a lot better now because I see my children growing, being happy, being healthy young or already adolescents almost. So I feel more and more confident about it. But I do know this feeling about being anxious. Mm. And what have you learned about how to deal with that? 
because I'm sure everyone will experience it right every right. now and so often what's your learning about dealing with it yeah well I realized what helped me most is interestingly not speaking to my partner about it which was helpful as well but for him it was probably more difficult to realize that how much of a problem it was to me because he sometimes said to me, yeah, I know, I know this is the way they think, but you know, don't take it too seriously. And so this was his kind of advice, which was really well meant, but it didn't really help. <laughs> so what helped me most was talk to other women whom I thought might be thinking the same way as I do, but maybe don't talk about it. So I found two women, actually, that I talked to about this theme a lot because I told them, listen, this is the way I think. How do you, do you ever realize, do you ever have these anxious feelings or do you ever think that people believe you're a bad mom? And then all of a sudden they said, oh, I'm so happy someone brings it up because this is exactly the way I feel too. They are working moms as well. So that actually helped me most to deal with it. And coping is a lot about just, letting it out and talking about it and then it's fine as long as you know you're not alone with it right yeah it's so true I'm smiling because that's pretty much the reason why I founded you know our social enterprise and the fellowship program because when I had a baby I was everyone thought I was an absolutely crazy career person I probably was and I'm to be honest and they said I still am I'm definitely workaholic I'm very very passionate about work but <laughs> and suddenly when I was pregnant everyone was so surprised that someone like me could get pregnant you know genuinely surprised like literally jaw-dropping moments my in-laws their jaws dropped and they love children so they weren't against us having children my work colleagues asked whether it was an accident you know that basically our contraception hadn't worked because someone like, like me clearly couldn't have it so I felt slightly lonely I thought am I the only one who is really career focused and still really loves children and so hence I thought oh well, let's get lots of other people together who are passionate about their careers and love their children and see if there's someone else out there, which is how, <laughs> for completely selfish reason, it turned out there are quite a lot of people there, but it's almost like a process of outing yourself, isn't it? Yes. It, it, it really yes. is. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned at our panel event about learning things about leadership from raising children, and I just want to take the time to hear a bit more about that. What, what did you learn? If anything, or have I misremembered it? And if not, what did you learn? Well, there are basically two things I learned. The one is that, I mean, as a parent, you might all know this, who was listening and a parent, you're always kind of worried about giving or empowering your children to do things by themselves because you always know it could go wrong, right? And basically the same thing is with leadership. You have to empower people to enable them to get to some point and you have to give them some power in a way that, yeah, well, things could go wrong. And as you know, I'm a physician, I work in a hospital, and you kind of feel not so comfortable about that, to be frank. <laughs> On the other hand, to see how things really work, when I empower my children to use hot stuff or whatever, I realize, okay, they're really careful because they know this is something that I'm also worried about. And this is something that works in the clinic pretty much the same. So this kind this the moment of empowerment was one thing that it really works and that it brings joy and confidence to the other people that you're leading. So this is one thing. And the other thing that I've learned is that if you tell your children that it's okay if things don't work to go back again and say, I'll try it again, I'll try it a different way that they don't feel ashamed about doing mistakes. And this is also a huge 
theme in the hospitals. I mean, we're always worried of making mistakes. Obviously, I mean, those are people there. It's not a computer that we're putting together or an iPhone, but it's, it's people. And they are dependent on us doing the right thing and not making mistakes. And I realize that when I tell people that I lead, it's okay if a mistake happened. We just have to make the best out of it and know where is the step to go back and which way to go. But we have to talk about these mistakes. So this is something I also learned from my children. That's interesting. And as you say, in medicine, it's not a nice optional thing. Like in some jobs, it's a nice optional thing to talk about mistakes. But in medicine, you really, really have to talk about mistakes and patient safety goes up if you do talk about mistakes. So it's, but it's such a hard thing to create a culture. And did you ever happen to talk in a job application about those things that you learned as a parent or not so much? Actually, when you, now that you're asking me this question, this would be a great thing to tell somebody who is younger to do. I would absolutely encourage people to talk about it in a job interview. I've never done it. To be honest, I've never done it, but people that I interview, I ask uh, if they have children, if they have family, because there is a study out there. Unfortunately, I don't know. I think it's in academic science somewhere. There is a study out there that shows that leaders are more effective if they've also been or are parents. And I mean, that is so interesting, isn't it? Mm. And it makes so much sense. I mean, you have to juggle a lot of things and you have to be very flexible and always arrange yourself into a new situation, which is also helpful in any kind of work. That is extremely interesting. I'm just in early discussions with someone at a university to do exactly that type of study. So it's interesting. If you ever happen to remember or come across it, then please Absolutely, I'll forward it. (laughs) It sounds intriguing. And I'm interested in assumptions people might have made about you at work. Have you ever come across assumptions people made about you and your capabilities because you had children? And if yes, how did you deal with that? Oh, absolutely. I had really terrible experience. I had a private practice for some time, actually for seven years. And there were people working with me, mostly, I mean, it can happen with anybody, but it was mostly men that were 10, 15, 20 years older than I was. And when they heard that I'm having a practice on only two half days, they thought I was totally crazy. So they said, how are you ever going to take care of your patients? You're not going to be, I mean, they're never going to come back. It's going to be bad medicine. And what are your children going to think if you're on the phone all the time with your patients? So they kind of wanted me to see in their kind of world that things are not going to work on either side. So I was kind of frustrated by the comments. And on the other hand, I thought by myself, well, I'm going to show you how it works this is the new world and I'm just going to show you how it works. (laughs) So it didn't really discourage me, but it made me rather a little bit angry at times up to a point where I even gave up the practice because they wanted me to do full-time night calls and shifts for the region. And I told them, listen, this is a small pensum I'm working and I have little babies at home. I mean, I love my work, but just let me do this for about two years and I'll be back on track and do everything that is mandatory. But there was no way of talking to them. And they even, I, I, I still have this letter at home. I always keep it because it's so incredible. And it says, well, I should overthink my kind of working because there are women that dedicate themselves entirely to the careers of their husbands. 
Ouch. And that was not very long ago. That was 13 years ago. And I thought to myself, I mean, this is not the world that I live in. (laughs) So I quit the practice because I I thought, okay, this is not the people I want to be working with together. So I looked otherwise, but it was really, it was a crazy time. I was, I was really angry at them, at the world out there. (laughs) And I had a tough time getting back on track. Mm -hmm. I actually, I was really, I was depressed. I was, I had a diagnosis of depression and I stayed at home for about two months doing nothing Mm -hmm. because I thought, well, they are keeping me from doing what I love and and this is never going to work. This was a bad time for me, but I I made it back on track because I I still have my worldview and I knew that it couldn't be so bad if other people, especially patients, come back to me and tell me, I'm so happy you did this or that. So. Mm I imagine absolutely everyone in that situation would feel the same and, and well done you for sticking it out and trying to fight it. But I'm still still being sleep deprived probably and extremely exhausted uh, and absolutely their loss for not, not having you. It's interesting how you described anger and it sounds like anger actually was a really positive emotion because it protected yeah. you from that yeah. rubbish discrimination, really bad behavior. Because yeah. I imagine many people would be tempted to internalize this and think well actually maybe I should be supporting the career of my husband were you ever tempted to go in with that narrative well I think that was the time where I became depressed Mm. so chronologically all these things came from the outside and I was kind of overthinking myself and my entire life concept and my beliefs and in women having a being able to have a career and that was the time of depression and I was at home for two months and being being depressed and under medication and, and having psychological help and and then with this therapist I realized no this is my world view I don't have to take or have them put their worldview on top of mine or inside of me, I can still have my beliefs and my worldview. And this is when I became more angry about them behaving like this. And that's when anger turned out to be a good thing because it made me get back on my feet and just go on and kind of wanting to show the world, hey, it's going to be possible. You're just going to see. I love that. And what was your first thing that you did after that? What was your first job back? I'm interested in the trajectory, like how, what did you use that anger for? Yeah, I used the anger on one hand, of of course, to uh, get back into the clinic and do my thing there. I'm I'm working there at the clinic in in Davos for over 10 years now. So I, I was, yeah, very excited to be back with the people that I like working with there and being with the patients, which I still enjoy very much. But I used the anger to go to a leadership course that I did. (laughs) And then on top of that, I did a medical management course. And uh, so things just developed from there. But I I kind of used the anger to look for different things or a kind of something that would make me feel not so much alone in my belief. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, if I meet other leaders at this course, they might face this similar problems and maybe that wouldn't make me go again and and that's what happens luckily Mm. wow thank you so much for sharing it it's very inspiring inspiring to hear and sadly these sort of situations happen still and I think it really does have such an impact doesn't it on your whole life and we do have to challenge it so well done on behalf of (laughs) lots of other women for challenging it even though it was tough but you know you do have to stand up to it in some shape or form I'm interested in your you've obviously you've really fought for it you could have at any point given up I'm sure and yet here you are a lecturer at university leading your own department in the hospital and 
clearly a doctor who loves what she does and, and enjoys it. I guess what do you do to get joy in your work? There are two things, I guess. The one thing is point of interaction. I love interacting with people, be it my patients or my colleagues at work. That is one thing. And the other thing that I really enjoy that I feel very passionate about it because I've been through it. I, I just told you, I feel very passionate about helping young doctors, be it women or men that are in a position in the hospital where they have to start leading and they have a family. I feel very passionate about it. So I just built up this very little kind of it's a workshop only for women to be able to talk to each other about their options or their ideas about career, what a career should look like. So this is something I feel very passionate about. And since people are telling me, wow, this is really what we're looking for. This is what we need. And, and we love the course or something like that. Then I, I feel totally encouraged to do more of it. And I feel so much joy about it then. So I, I assume it's very similar with you. Mm, you know? Definitely. And it's about creating that space for powerful conversations, which clearly you seem to do really well. And just as a Last question. What, what are you proudest of when it comes to combining a senior career with bringing up children? Well, actually, I'm very proud that my children don't make me feel like a bad mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really proud that they are so self-confident and nonetheless, they give me the feeling that they just love me and, and they adore me and they are, I'm just their mom and, and it's okay. And the way I am, that makes me the most proud, I have to admit. Yeah. That is really, really <laughs> it's lovely. It's always kids that make, them proud, make us proud the most, isn't it? That's very true. And if in 10 or 20 years' time, probably more 20 years' time, your daughter has, has children of her own, what would be one or two things that you would advise her? Or would you give her any advice at all? Yes, I would most definitely. So one thing that we tell our children all the time now already is uh, you just have to find something that you love, something that you feel passionate about, something that is really interesting for you. This is one thing because I think that kind of triggers your career path kind of naturally. Of course, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of hassle, I've told you. But if you're passionate about something and you really feel joy about it, then I think things will work. So this is one thing I would tell her. The other thing is make sure to talk to your partner early enough about how you want to coordinate things, how you want to have a family, how much you are going to work, how much he's going to work. I mean, things might turn out to be totally different, but at least to have some ideas of how things could be working and not to have totally different ideas of how it will be. And you don't even know about it. Right. So I would tell her, just talk to your partner, <laughs> just speak to each other. I would tell my son the same, actually. And the third thing is be confident about your choices. So if you know this is what you want to do, be confident about it and speak to people around you about it. And yeah, just be confident about your choices. They are not all wrong just because somebody else is telling you it's wrong. I mean, of course, be self-reflectant and, and think about it in different ways or look at it from different perspectives or angles. But be confident if you know this is right for you. Mm, lovely. Thank you so much. And if people want to find out more about you, your work, maybe even the work that you do to support young doctors, where would they go and find out about this? They could find out on www.college slash m.ch. Right. Thank you so much. 
It's been so lovely to chat to you. Is there anything else that you wanted to say before we switch off the recorder? Well, thank you so much, Dorena. It was really, it was such a pleasure talking to you. It felt so naturally. I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for having Likewise. me. Likewise, nice to speak to a fellow Swiss again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I think it's a great program that you put up there. So my respect, it's really great. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's conversation with Christina, please have a look at episode 34. You might find that one really interesting. I talked to Hayatun Silen about dealing with microaggressions and progressing your career regardless. If this has been helpful to you, please join our newsletter for practical tips and insights and head over to leadersplus.org.uk forward slash newsletter. We are looking for lots of individuals to get more involved in a variety of ways in our movement. We are looking for people who want to support others and not just progress their own career, but also be the change for others. You can find ways of engaging on our website. The newsletter is probably the best place to start. So leadersplus.org.uk forward slash newsletter. You'll get an overview of upcoming events. If you're very senior, you can apply to become a senior leader mentor. And if you are a parent with kids between the ages of zero and 11, you can apply to join our fellowship program. As I mentioned in the intro, it's a world-class career development program for parents. There you get access to inspirational role models who have experience of bringing up kids whilst progressing their careers. You get some practical support, for example, around workload or saying no. And you get, I think, really important thinking time together with supportive peers so you can work out what you want for your career and what you want for your family and making a plan of how to get there. And it's quite research-based, so we look at research on what causes career progression and then give you space to think about implementing this in the context of looking after young children. And because I think we need to, you know, career progression, it's about the system, not just the individual. There are also sessions for those of you who have partners with a partner and for those of you who have line managers with a line manager. And there are always hardship fund spaces available for those in financially challenging circumstances. So yeah, you can have a look online. It's leadersplus.org.uk and forward slash newsletter if you want to get our monthly insights. Next week, we will hear from Susie Redding, another conversation I really enjoyed. And it's all about self-care and looking after yourself. See you next week.